Welcome to Holy Trinity Catholic Church from Beaverton, Oregon. Well, good evening, everybody. Thank you for coming out tonight. It's good to see so many of you, especially after a long day. And uh, for those of us who are fasting, probably a hungry day as well. So appreciate your being here. So one of the most painful memories from my childhood. Are you ready for this? It's traumatic, you guys. I want you to know, all right? So being dragged to the mall by my mom on a Saturday morning so that she could do her clothes shopping. It was awful, awful, you guys. I mean, racks and racks of women's clothes and shoes and accessories and, and whatnot. And there I was, seven or eight years old, missing my second bowl of Captain Crunch, not being able to see my Saturday morning cartoons. Are those even a thing anymore? Does anybody know? <laughs> Trapped in this, I don't know, this forest of the latest Midwestern fashions, right, for what seemed like hours. Well, one Saturday I decided, enough, enough. So while mom was in the dressing room, unbeknownst to her, I decided to wander down the mall to the toy store by myself. I didn't have any money, but K&B Toys and Hobby was hugely more entertaining than Macy's. Eventually, though, I grew bored, and I decided to wander back up and see if I could find my mom. Well, in this instance, I could not. I could not. I swear I looked through every single section of that department store, upstairs, downstairs, the cafeteria, the, ca the bathrooms, the dressing rooms, but she was nowhere. And you know, the longer I looked, the more I could feel the panic rising inside. I was like, Mom, Dad, Smokey. Smokey was our dog, right? I'll never see them again. Maybe some of you have a similar memory. But in the end, it was all right. You'll be glad to hear the story ends happily because after I had looked and looked to no avail, I finally just sat down on a bench right there in the middle of the mall, resigned to my fate, resigned to being an orphan. <laughs> and that's when I heard behind me, Brett. There you are. I was so worried. I was so worried. And you know, the only word I have to describe my feelings at that time, and I remember it still to this day, when I heard my mom's voice, it was elation. Elation. I was lost, but now I had been found. Well, in a way, you guys, that's not unlike what Good Friday is. There's a line in one of our Eucharistic prayers that goes like this. When we were lost and could not find our way to you, you loved us with the greatest love. For your son, he handed himself over to death and did not disdain to be nailed for our sake to the wood of the cross. You know, the cross, we've become so familiar with it, it somewhat loses its power, but I was listening to Bishop Barron the other night, and he noted that crucifixion was first invented by the Persians, but it was the Romans who crucified Jesus who perfected it. They were the ones who brought it to this kind of gruesome perfection. In fact, the agony of crucifixion was so intense that one of the words we use for the most intense pain possible, excruciating, ex cruce, literally means from the cross. And the torture wasn't just physical. Crucifixion entailed our worst fears, emotional, psychological, even spiritual, right? So things like rejection, terror, abandonment, exposure, humiliation, cruelty, and of course death itself, a slow, agonizing death. 
So in the ancient world, it was the most intimidating for form of, tor of terror known, and the Romans wielded it mercilessly. Well, it was into this kind of God-forsaken awfulness, my friends, that the Son of God chose to descend, chose to descend for you and me, not to appease the wounded honor or the vengeful anger of our Heavenly Father, but to plant there, right there in the deepest possible abyss of human misery and brokenness, his own presence, his own power, his own spirit. And why? So that he could find us there. So that he could find us there. Because of Jesus' cross, because of where he's gone on his cross, there is now no sin, no illness, no misfortune, no cruelty, no pain, no suffering, no matter how dark or deep or lonely, where God has not already gone and now stands there watching for us, waiting for us, waiting to lift us up. Dear friends, we ourselves were lost, but now we have been found. Max Lucado says that, you know, there's no price a parent wouldn't pay to redeem their child, no energy too great, no effort too demanding. A parent, he says, will go to any length to find his or her own. And he says, you know what? So will God. So will God. God's greatest creation, his greatest passion, is not the far-flung stars. It's not the deepest canyons. It's not the deepest, widest ocean. It's his eternal plan to find you to find me, his children. In a few minutes, we're going to approach this cross. And as we do tonight, you guys, some of us I know are coming with small but annoying crosses, maybe some of the relatively simple frustrations of life. Some of us, though, are coming with fears about our future or our loved ones or our own health. Some of us are grappling with serious physical or psychological pain. And some of us, some of us are carrying very heavy crosses indeed. Whatever you bring tonight, my friends, I encourage you, bring it in a spirit of surrender and join it to the Lord's own cross. But bring it too, bring it too in a spirit of expectation. God's not just up there. He's right here with us. He's our Father. And like the father in the prodigal son story, he doesn't wait for us to find him. He's already rushing to meet us. <laughs>